Hello and welcome to Das Nostalgia Podcast, episode 23. As usual, I'm your host, Anatoly, and today with me I have another fantastic guest in my virtual studio for your listening pleasure. Sir, please introduce yourself. Oh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, Agustin Cordes, big fan of iOS, computer games, adventure games in particular, and... Uh, uh, Life led me to become a game developer. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I feel, yeah, about 10 years. Actually, no, much more than that. In 2003, I began working on a horror adventure game called Scratches, which um, was miraculously released in 2006, a few years later. And it sort of became a well-known adventure game in the genre. And, uh, well, I sort of have been trying ever since to complete Asylum, the spiritual successor mm -hmm. to, to Scratches. And, uh, yeah, well, that's pretty much <laughs> who I am. You know, the Scratches and Asylum guy, <laughs> more or less. Nice, nice. Which actually kind of circles back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the audience speak behind, uh, behind the scenes a little bit. I've been trying to get you on this podcast for like, two and a half years to talk specifically you are right. uh, about horror games, I guess the thing that everybody wants to talk to you about. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, it just happened that th this, this, this podcast been very quickly thrown together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like, okay, let, let's do it. Yeah. yeah well, that's the best way to uh, do things. Uh, but, but before we go into our topic, which is very interesting to me, I always, uh, like when people sort of, um, come on and talk about stuff that I don't know much about. But before we get to that, um, do you, sir, have a, a story about your first encounter with an IBM PC or compatible? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I think I was, I can't remember the time, but I was like seven or eight years old. This was in 1987, so around mm -hmm. that year. And uh, the first, I mean, the first, the first direct contact was in my the university where my father talked uh, physics or math I, I can't remember but uh, I you know because both my mother and father worked I uh, my father uh, took with me to his classes and um, you know he needed to give me something to uh, entertain myself while while he gave the the classes so he 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 got no better idea than putting a screen in front of, in front of me with the space invaders. And, nice. and I think I, I have been addicted to games ever since. We're talking about the CGA version of space invaders. Well, of course. Uh, I think that was my, like the, my first contact with, with games in general. So nice. that's a very important moment for me. But, uh, the moment I became more, um, you know, attached to computers, I think it was when my uncle, for some reason, I can't quite recall. He brought a computer, an XT, to mm -hmm. my place, a monochrome XT, and yes. I don't know. He needed to repair it, or it, it, it was supposed to stay at home for a few days. And over that period of days, let's say maybe three, four days, uh, there was only one game loaded in that computer. That game was Jump Man. Dude, I can't tell you just how many hours I spent playing Jumpman on that computer. That was, oh, what a fantastic game. Nice. What a fantastic game. And uh, I think, you know, after that, I just 
system my father you you have to buy a computer because these <laughs> things these things are amazing it's my, my future is in these fucking computers right uh, can i swear in your yes. podcast yes okay we cool. can swear and i do uh, fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh okay so then my father bought a um i think it was an at so it's like we we stepped up a bit but we done um Hercules monitor uh sorry um, and and an amber right mm-hmm and uh, I think uh, the other the other games I played was uh, Saxon. Um, I don't know what else. So really, you know, those short uh, right sort of uh, uh, arcade conversions of yeah. the eighties. Anyway, the, the next minute he comes home with a couple of, of pirated discs. You know, I'm sorry, but of back course. then we did we it. Pirated, we pirated everything in Argentina. Yeah, yeah I really sorry. But uh, I did buy games afterwards. But anyway, those those discs contained uh, Quest, and you know, as they say, the rest is history. Because that's when I knew I wanted to make games. Sure, you know, that's a, that's a mm-hmm. way to make. But yeah. anyway, we are like talking way too much about that <laughs> subject. No, that's good. All right. Well, um, so we are here today, uh, and as I mentioned, we're gonna. Dis- I'm going to discover uh, a, a lot of this with the listeners. I'm sure uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, Spanish language games, uh, and I also. So, so the, the in your story, I'm actually going to circle back a little bit. So the first that first machine was also uh, an IBM. Uh, compatible or clone before the XC. Yeah. So you started right off from the actual PCs. I mean, I think you know. To, I am. I'm not quite sure because they also had an Apple II with a hard hat Mac mm-hmm. or Burger Time. I can't recall at the at the university. So I think it was an IBM PC. But maybe I'm a heretic and started with an Apple. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. I'm well, sure. because one thing that I, I, uh, you know, I did my, my, a little bit of my research for this podcast. And when I looked at all these games, these games clearly came out out of sort of European, uh, sort of gaming culture of 8 bit computers. They're all, uh, well, first of all, I would like to say that probably none of them counted on PCs as being their dominant platform, right? Most of them come from like Amstrad or, or Spectrum. I mean, they were very much inspired. I grew up playing a lot of Spectrum games. So uh, okay. on PC, you know, they developed very differently in a way. So uh, those games are clearly inspired by by the games from those 8-bit sort of computer era. Um mm-hmm. uh, So which is, well, I mean, again, there are, there aren't many games like that on on PC and on DOS, uh, so it's nice to see like a whole group of games that sort of like adheres to those design principles. Design principles yeah. that have long been f- forgotten. I mean, maybe for the best in some cases. But... People, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> going to talk about that. But you know, if I uh, recall correctly, I think because you know we uh, Argentina has always been a sort of <laughs> poor country. Um, we're doing a bit better, fortunately. Um, but I think. You know the the dominant uh, computer here has always been the PC. Maybe Commodore sixty four hmm. at some point, but as far as I remember, I mean everybody I knew was uh, was I mean the the PC was their uh, primary uh, gaming platform, right? Oh, nice. So uh, yeah, I mean at least in Argentina it was always PC here. I mean I I, we, I don't think I have ever seen an Amstrad CPC here. I have seen Spectrums. Um, 
ColecoVisions maybe, but uh, mm -hmm. Amstrad is definitely a very European thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, uh, take it away, sir. Where where do you want to start? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I wanted to tell you a bit because we are going to talk mostly about uh, games from Spain and Spanish mm -hmm. games from Spain. Um, if I can tell you a bit about Argentina, truth is that we had one notorious game made in the 80s and particularly notorious because it's from 1983, if I recall correctly. So it's a very oh, I mean, early. early title. It's called Truco and it's probably our most uh, famous Argentinian game. You know, Truco is a, it's an Argentinian card game. And sadly, it's uh, it's not well known. Maybe in Uruguay, but it's, it's not well known uh, overseas. And it's a very fun game. I'm going to say it's uh, you know can be as challenging and as entertaining as as, as a game of poker, maybe especially when you play with, with lots of people. Hmm. And anyway, this game Truco by the Arbiser bro uh, Brothers. We in a local game event a couple of years ago, we we gave them. A, sort of commemoratory commemorative prize uh, like a distinction right and uh, because they are the, the you know the developers who pretty much kickstarted the Argentinian game mm. and you know I think it's actually the only TOS game we have I mean we are that we are that that young industry and you know this game Truco I'm actually looking for it in movie games and it's not even listed, right, so right. it's a really, really rare game. I, I wanted to confirm the date, but I think it's yeah, 1983. But anyway, uh, that's why we are going to talk mostly about uh, games from Spain because right. in, in Argentina we don't have much to talk about okay, to the OS games. Right, right. And I'm going to say that I, I am going to attempt to pronounce the names of those games at some point. So I, I, I apologize, uh, to, for, for pr probably inadvertently ruining and mispronouncing a lot of things. Uh, uh, I know exactly zero Spanish, but I think I'm up for it. So. Okay. No, don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. I, I can, I can tell you the, the right pronunciation. So yeah, we made a quick list here. And again, I'm, the game side, I, uh, I, talk to you about. These are games that I play the most. They are not, uh, you know, the most... I mean, I think they are some of the most popular Spanish games, but I may be leaving out an noteworthy title that I didn't play. For example, uh, I am aware of Abu Simbel by Dynamic uh, Software. Mm -hmm. uh, Abu Simbel is, uh, is one of the most famous uh, Spanish games. I did not play that one. I think it's one of the most famous one, ones because it's one of the earliest ones, dating back to 1985. Uh, and I think it's uh, partially inspired by Jet Set Willy or uh, you know that that sort of yeah, uh, that sort of thing. Of thing, yeah, yeah. You go through a maze, and uh, you, you you need to solve like room-based um, problems or, or or puzzles. It's more uh, arcade more than anything else. But uh, I don't think I ever played the game. It's called Abu Simbel Profanation. That's one. You, I, I don't know if you know it, but no, you might never heard of it. But it. I'll I'll check you, it out for you, sure. You should check it out. You don't you don't need to know Spanish. I, I actually it's it's in English even. Um, Definitely a very interesting game because it's a 
possibly one of the earliest uh, games from Spain I can think about. The other one, yeah, actually, yeah, 1985. Because the other one we are going to talk about it's uh, La Badia del Crimen or mm-hmm. AV Crime. I mean, let's start about that one. Because it's, it's, a, it's a big one. That's the one I have new. It's a big, about. It's a big one. I mean, let's get it out of our system because it's, it's the big one. Um, it's, I mean, it's possibly the most popular Spanish game. It's ever, it's it's very well say. known in the sort of uh, sort of computer retro gaming uh, community. Well, it's also in the, like all these games are came out on a variety of eight bit platforms. I, I mean, uh-huh. computers. So uh, so where shall we start? Well, uh, let, let me let me say what what I. What at least what I know, because that's one of those games that I I can talk about a little bit. So uh, it's an isometric adventure game, uh, very much inspired by you know like you know eight bit uh, yeah like that sort of thing, and maybe um, I'm thinking uh, Fairlight, uh, you know, on the spectrum. It's it's not on PC. Oh no, I don't know that one. No, but it's on C64 and stuff. So that's that kind of a thing, or like the ultimate isometric adventures. So it's clearly sort of inspired by that, but it's weird because um, so it's based on the uh, uh, Umberto Eco book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, about a monk who is essentially plays a, a detective in the abbey, yeah. where strange yeah. things have been going on—a murder and other strange things. Yeah, the, the name of the rose. It's. Uh... Oh yes, that's right. Okay, so uh, and. Uh, well, that's you need to know Spanish to play it, so uh, it's 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 a bit yeah. out of my uh, out of my reach. Uh, uh, well, at least that version. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's and lots uh, of remakes. yeah, and uh, you know, so you sort of walk around uh, in a, in this open world, and you have day and night cycles, and you talk to people, and you have inventory. And stuff. Well, that's about as much as I know. So I, I let's 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 uh, okay. <laughs> let's, let's discuss um, what's what's more, you know, more hands-on experience. Well, yeah, I did play it uh, ages ago. Not when it was released. I think I played it mid nineties, maybe. And the thing about La, La Badia, it 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 hasn't aged well. Okay, let's let's. Be honest about that. Well, this like like Lamost, all of those games. To be honest, I think I think I think none of these has <laughs> aged very well. If, if we are going to be like, like really honest, maybe Risky Woods is the only one. But anyway, we we get to that one. La, La Badia is particularly not worthy because it was like a technical marvel at the time. Um, because it's it's a very large game for the. Era. I mean, it's a uh, uh, the 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 AV. It, it, it's it's quite large, and it's particularly well. Uh, the, the location is particularly well designed. They mm-hmm. also manage. I mean, it has almost no low loading times. It's a it's a seamless experience. I think it's um, it's particularly more uh, more note for noteworthy because of the uh, spectrum because they managed to put all this into a yes. sixty. 64k uh, 48 40, 48 oh, sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 48 yeah I mean it's, it's even more impressive it is yes uh, I mean maybe it's not that impressive on PC but on the spectrum I, th- yeah. I think I think it's the most technically advanced game on the spectrum but uh, elite, I think elite man el- okay <laughs> elite okay okay elite but this is this is, this is the second I mean it's, it's pretty and, open world and it's pretty 
Oh, we shouldn't make those claims. Uh, there, there, there have been a lot of very advanced games in the spectrum. <laughs> okay, but anyway, I mean, for Spain, just think about Spain. Yes, I mean, out of all those games, especially considering, like, I looked at the, and as I was going through that list, even contemporary games, none of them are particularly technically noteworthy. This is like hardcore, like open world isometric adventure, like the ones they used to make, you know, in the UK. So yeah, it's 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 really impressive. But I mean, yeah, and for Spain, I mean, right now the Spanish market, other than Pendulo and uh, some other games, it's not what it used to be. So we could, I mean, we 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 say uh, we say very often Golden Age, Golden Age. I think that the term it's it's perfectly applied to Spain in this case. I mean, Spain mm-hmm. had a true golden age of software. They were like very competitive in the game industry. I mean, one of the one of the the countries that produced. I mean, uh, some some of these companies produced really. Uh, I mean, good games for the time in a period of of maybe three four years. I mean, uh, we we can review some of these lists uh, afterwards, but. In, in the 80s, we're talking about a yeah. company producing dozens of games, yes. just one company. So we are really talking about the golden age of Spanish software. And Labadia was the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was, li- like you said, uh, an open world sort of adventure uh, in which all the characters have like uh, their own agenda. I mean, we did see this in adventure games notably uh, Deadline, you know. Mm-hmm. But they were like uh, text adventures. So they did it in uh, with graphics. I'm tempted to say, okay, my, my memory is failing me <laughs> recently, but I'm, tem- I'm tempted to say this is maybe the first graphical adventure that attempted that, you know, like a true open world approach with characters doing their stuff like like they have like a sort of very rough AI but they, they, you could like follow people around and that sort of stuff so it was fairly advanced for that it, it, it's I mean, sad but it's 1987, clear 1987 let's, let's think about that and the DOS version I'm going to point out uh, uh, DOS version is done in, in CGA as many of those games are, but it actually uses CGA really really well the, the environments are really vibrant and the, the graphics are colorful and the sound is yep. just your usual beeps and boops. Nothing, nothing to write oh, home about. And well, you know, like I told you, it, it has an age well because it's it's a very difficult game. I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't have a walkthrough, I mean, uh, it's very difficult to complete these days. There's a very nasty maze at the end. I think you of have to. Of course, there is. <laughs> you have to navigate the maze with the with the candle, so it's like it's almost impossible to. To, 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 to solve unless you are an extremely patient person. Um, but again, uh, for its time, it's uh, definitely, I mean, we, we, we can all agree it's the pinnacle of uh, Spanish software if we evaluate the game when it was released. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, a very interesting game. And I think, I think we could, we can possibly make this claim. It's possibly the most remade game computer history. Dude, there have been like, since it was released, I can count at least five remakes, an official one, four unofficial ones. There's all, there's one released on Steam just recently. I think it's been remade since as early as uh, 1996. 
Again, you can play some of those because they are in in, in English. So uh, it's a very interesting title to re-experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but of course, yes. But it does come from that era where it was okay to be to be super difficult. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not just okay. relating. You you said. Yes, the games on its list didn't age well, but I want to point out that if you picked up most of the games from that era in general, from any part of the world, the same aspects of those games didn't didn't age well either. So it's not really limited. So those are very much games of that time, very much inspired by the European uh, game scene, uh, and they take on you know the best and the worst. Um, I'm going to make an observation because I'm looking at uh, Freddy Hardest now. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, and yeah we, also should, we also should point out that La Abadie del Crimen is 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 a game by OperaSoft. Right? OperaSoft, because we're gonna we're gonna have a, a few a bunch of those. Yeah, we're going to list. be going back and forth, and we 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 can talk a bit about it. But um, I wanted to point out pretty hardest for this comment because talking about mostly about the second one, you know, in South Manhattan, which has a style. Sort of inspired by Manhattan Dealers, incidentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, because I think Manhattan Dealers was released early in 1987, and this Freddy is from 1989. 1989, the second game. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not a necessarily difficult game, but the thing about these, these games was that, uh, they, they tried to do so much with such, uh, Low-powered hardware that they are they are uh, unnecessarily difficult. I no, mean, of course, the the frame rate the frame rate of Freddy Hardest it's such a uh, rough scrolling, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that it it's sort of it, you 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 almost uh, you know it, it's very difficult to to punch and kick enemies because it's so uh, such a uh, yeah rough. Scrolling, so it, it's not that the design is particularly bad. It's bad because it 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 was never going to be good, right? Yes. <laughs> because of the hardware. I mean, the games were very very limited for for the hardware at the time. Yeah, at least some of them. Yeah, uh, actually, I uh, I do have input on Freddy Hardest on both of them because I played both of them on the Spectrum. And I've only uh. played the PC versions uh, somewhat recently, and I'm gonna say that. Oh, well, hey, they didn't really age well uh, on neither of the platform. The the speed of scrolling is is very comparable on DAS to mm. to Spectrum. It's just how they work. And they're uh, yeah. first of all, let's let's point out the best accidental porn name in 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 game history, probably. Um, <laughs> it's and uh, but like the the first game is literally you sort of pro you sort of move back and forth in those open open levels as enemies teleport on both sides of you and you sort of have to progress and pick up various parts for your ship as you shoot the enemies and you have almost no room for mistakes so you just have to be really really good you have to work you know the controls aren't particularly good it's like many of those uh 80 side scrolling action games you just have to like sort of master the controls uh, like you sort of have to put yourself down to the game's level you have to become one with the game to to play it, and Freddy Hardest, the yeah. first game is very much like it. Um, Dust version is is ugly because of the way it uses its mm. colors. Uh, the first game. Now, yeah, yeah, when we move on to the second game, now I actually think that this CGA graphics uh, uh, in Freddy Hardest 
in South Manhattan, which, by the way, also been released as the Guardian Angel some somewhere. I don't know on which platform, Whoa. but they actually did translate it. I I, I didn't, I didn't go into I didn't uh, look into that, so I don't know which platform it was and which country it was, but apparently it was localized. But so yeah, and here in the second game, first of all, the second game is very different. That's more of a mm-hmm. beat 'em. That's more of a beat 'em up, and yeah, but, yeah. and what it does on on DOS, the CGA graphics actually look nice, and I'd say they're they're very comparable with Manhattan Dealers, which on on DOS was also only in CGA. Um, and uh, it plays digital samples through through PC speaker. Yep. So the music is really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I think I like the game because of the music, you know, because of the intro music, which is very memorable. I mean, it's a it's a it's a particularly well done for a PC speaker. So I think I I, re- I re- remember showing the game to some friends, and when the, the intro starts, they were like, "Oh wow, <laughs> listen to that! Wow, that's a." Uh, uh, Amazing! Uh, it was, you know, really nice to be impressed by that, by that sort of thing back then. Um, anyway, the, the game is, I don't know, it's okay. Yeah, it's, uh, you can. I, I'm not even you, sure if I you can play it, it but I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend either. Like I played both of those games on the Spectrum to death. Uh, they were, I mean, they're really engaging in that way. Like it's, it's a real challenge. Um, okay, but I don't know if there is actually any. Actual payoff to to master. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? No, like it's, just, it's no. nice to yeah. know that you can. That's was the feeling at the time. Like it's cool. Uh, games were so a lot of games were so difficult back in the day that just come to terms with them. It was something. It was like an achievement. So that was felt good. But there is really no no reward in in in, no, in, in playing them because they're also very repetitive. Like once you mastered the mechanics on the first screen, you're essentially good. And it's it's just more of that for like the next half hour. That's basically those games. That yeah, yeah. It's it it, it it's a shame because the the concept, I mean, at least overall was uh fairly okay. But since we're talking about um pretty hardest um dynamic the company that uh mm-hmm. Produce this game. I think it's safe to say it was the most prolific Spanish game company. Uh, they they released sort of ooh, I don't know, but uh, fifty or more titles. Right, I mean, in like in like more, three years. More, more. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, a game released at the at the same year by Dynamic. I mean, ca- ca- just think about that. We're talking about companies that released two or three games. On the same year, I mean that that mm-hmm. that's uh, think about that today. But anyway, um, one that has a game I want to talk about that has uh, it, it's it 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 has aged pretty well, has a good paid off, and a very interesting design is El Capitan Trueno, the mm. Captain Thunder, which is based on a comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that the hardest was based on a comic, uh, but, but no. But actually, a lot of those Spanish games have that sort of like, if not based yeah. on a comic book, then they're sort of either ripping off a comic book, uh, yeah. uh, or, uh, or, or what you call it, or they just have that comic booky style. Like, like Freddy Hardest mm-hmm. definitely has that sort of uh, like uh, superhero look. You know, first of all, he's called Freddy fucking Hardest, uh, and yeah. he's got that sort <laughs> of he's got that hair with the slick slicked back hair and stuff, and uh, whatever. So they're all very very cartoony. He's an early Duke Nukem. Yeah, but no, not, not early. I mean, 
I mean, uh, he's also su- oh, yeah, yeah. he's kind of yeah early, and he's also yeah, supposed yeah. to be kind of an anti-hero, right? Like he drinks booze and, and stuff. Yeah. Like those are his power-ups. Yeah, I never actually made that connection. He's like a proto Duke Nukem. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, back to Capitan Torino. What I love, I mean, th- this game, I really like this one, and I uh, replayed it a while ago, and I definitely think it has aged well because, I mean. It's a, it's more, uh, screen based, so mm-hmm. you have stuff to do per screen, so mm-hmm. you, you don't have the problem of the sluggish scrolling. Mm-hmm. The design is fairly, fairly nice. I mean, you, you play this, uh, Capitan, which is, I mean, you have the, the captain who, uh, who can beat enemies with a sword, mm-hmm. but can't climb ropes. Okay, that doesn't make much sense, but anyway, <laughs> you need to turn into a dwarf to climb ropes, and you can also turn into a big fat guy that uh, he can't move, but, but, he, but, he, but he can jump and like crush <laughs> crush the ground. Crush any crush the ground and kill enemies. That that that's really you know. It like, looks like a really cool game. That's that's the kind of game I wish I knew about like twenty five yeah. years ago. I I, yeah. I would have played. It. I'll probably go and revisit it because it, it, like I was looking into that. I I saw some videos and stuff. Yeah, and it yeah. looks really, really cool. It's almost, it's almost like occasionally like, uh, like the Lost Vikings kind of, but you're all one character. You just transform into them. Exactly. And the CGA graphics yeah. look, look really nice. And it also does digital sound out of, uh, PC speaker. The sound is very nice. Uh, the graphics look, look quite sharp. I mean, yeah. it looks, it's just CGA, but they do some really nice, uh, Dithering in the in the images, so it looks pleasant. I mean, yeah. even for this, I'm tempted to say it's one of the nicest looking uh, CGA games I have ever seen. Um, and you mentioned something about the the payoff earlier with mm-hmm. uh, Freddy Paradise. This one definitely has some payoff because it's puzzle oriented. So um, you definitely have some payoff in this game because as you make progress, you have new challenges, new rooms. I mean, it, there's definitely an interesting pro- progression. Uh, new enemies are in, in, introduced, mm-hmm. uh, new problems. It's a very short game. But, um, I mean, especially because of that, I think it's uh, worth playing mm-hmm. because uh, definitely one of the better Spanish games in my ass, I see it. Um, one of the... One, I, th- I think one of the... One of the one that has age uh, better and uh, you know again dynamic I think this was uh, overall the company that produced uh, the, the better games from from the era yeah it seems like a, a cool uh, you know action and puzzle blend you know with some you know it, it's it's like the action is the action and then it's light on the puzzles the puzzles are like who do you transform to what which sequence you do in events and which which uh, lever do you flip and which rope you climb on but like these these are the kind of games that are nice usually you know there's, yeah, yeah. there's more than one thing going on and it's cool exactly it's a very satisfying gameplay even today um, what else did we have um, okay let's go back to uh, opera with Livingstone Supongo oh yes well, that's a big one Livingstone Supongo, yeah, I don't know why it's a big one actually. Livingstone Supongo translates to Livingstone. Mm, I, presume. I presume, which it was. I don't know if the DOS version was ever translated, but but the other versions were. Mm. Uh, 
Yeah. We had a saying at school, uh, because, you know, it's Livingstone, Supongo. We, we said, uh, Livingstone, I presume it's a piece of shit. <laughs> and yeah, it, it kind of, it kind of was. Uh, the second one, I mean, the second one is the one I played the most back then. Um, it's again, I, damnably difficult yes, game. Yes, absolutely. Very, very Which awful. is weird. I, I have to say that I didn't, uh, I, I sort of didn't make that connection un- until I looked at the game, but it's uh, in sort of Eastern Europe, Livingstone, I presume, was somewhat spread on some computers, and also so did it's, it's sort of it's a, that game itself is a successor to another game, which is it's it's sort of sort of a spiritual successor to Goody. Uh, Goody, yeah, and they're very similar games. And Livingston, I pre- Goody was a hard fucking game. And Livingston, yeah. I presume, is even fucking harder. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I mean, I never played Goody. I know it's one of the most, uh, more, again, more and more popular games from mm-hmm. the era because, well, Spanish game, sorry, because it was one of the first ones. But I'm not so sure why Livingston is that well known, but I mean, clearly it was because yeah. in Argentina it was one of the games we, we caught. From Spain, so mm-hmm. maybe it was you know a publisher effort. To I mean, it was very well distributed, so maybe Could it be. was all about that. Because it's not a particularly good game, not even for the era. I have to say, um, the first one at least, you know, it has an interesting challenge because you have like this uh, uh, stick, mm-hmm, right? You mm-hmm. you need to uh, well, the second one had you, you have the stick, but it, it's more action based. Mm-hmm. Because of the scrolling, maybe mm-hmm. in in the first one, because it's room based, you have uh, sort of like in El Capitan Trueno, you have room based problems. Yeah. So uh, you need to aim with the with, with the you use the stick to jump, and you need to aim where you're going to land. It's it's I've, I think it's impossible to aim <laughs> where you're going to land exactly. That's why the game is so bloody yeah, difficult. It's I really mean, hard. It's. <laughs> It's, it's not even worth playing, I have to say, because it's fr- frustratingly. Uh, a lot damn- of people listening to this now are like crying because you're shitting on probably one of their favorite childhood games, but it really isn't a good game. I would say I'd rather play Goody than than uh, than Livingstone, I presume, because maybe right uh, because it doesn't have that jumping mechanic. You know, Goody just jumps. Uh, so, like, it's already missing there. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's basically you do. You, it's sort of a, an open world platformer where where the rooms are are challenges, and uh, you have to collect like uh, however twenty five things of gold before you unlock a different area, uh, and then you have to complete a whole more challenges and find right. uh, uh, find Doctor Livingstone. Um, and yeah, it's you know like. Uh, all good platformers of that time it's one touch death so <laughs> yeah you know it's it's that that sort of game um it's maybe not as crazy as let's say jet set willy right but it's it's not far behind it is yeah and since we're talking about these games well i think lots lots of of spanish games i don't know Clearly, they were a thing in Spain because I remember. Well, you know, Micro Micromania, the mm-hmm. the Spanish magazine. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, uh, crazy about Manic Miner and Jet Set Willy. So clearly, they were like very popular games in in mm-hmm. Spain, and, and possibly one of the some of the games that uh, kickstarted the whole Spanish game industry. I don't know. That's my impression because clearly, all of these games we are we are discussing can be sort of traced mm-hmm. back to. Uh, 
Manic Miner and Jet Set Willy. Uh, uh, just a lot of British popular. games, just in general. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, we're talking about the mechanics in Livingstone, uh, mm-hmm. I presume. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 it's it is a weird, a, weird fucking is, title. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> and I wanted. I, I mentioned in my list, Babu, uh, La Purga, or the Flea. Oh God. Is it okay? Yeah, it's it's also horrible. <laughs> but, that is like such a weird thing. First of all, it's called Pugaboo, yeah. right? Uh, Pugaboo. Puga okay. La, la, la Pulga Dos, right? Because the first dos, yeah, yeah. first one never made it onto dust. One thing that I would like yeah. to say that that's one of the few games that I've seen available in like three different modes. It's it had CGA, EGA, and VGA, which like f- yeah. for for a Spanish game is like. Uh, looks like almost unheard of granted it's also happened to be in 1991 but yeah but still that is a weird fucking game <laughs> like yeah, I- it is but i think it at least sort of improved the mechanic of livingstone i presume because he also you I mean you you jump and you jump like in in an arc arches so, to yeah. arcs exactly and at least you you could aim a bit better to i mean where, where you wanted to land uh, it is a weird game, though. I mean, it's even hard to describe. You're just somewhere. I don't know. I don't know yeah, where. Yeah, you're like a what, frog. What you're like a. Fr- you're like a frog. You're at the bottom of the pit. And yeah, you you're to- not a flea. Why the Why the fuck is it called the flea? Because is it, it, is it the flea? You're not a flea, right? <laughs> oh well, I guess it's why it's jump. I, I looked at it and I was like, that looks more like a frog to me than a flea. But I guess flea would make sense as well. Nothing makes fucking sense. So, uh, you're you're this jumping creature at the bottom of a pit with the. You know, sort of island, little, uh, you know, pieces of land that you can land in the, in, in the middle of the air. And you sort of, you need to, you jump in arcs that you, you can, uh, that you sort of preset those things. And, and you need to get out, basically. Um, and not, yeah. hit, not hit any enemies o- on the way. Um, and you know, when, if you mistime your jump, you sort of bounce off the walls and stuff. Uh, it, it looks brutally difficult and, uh. Very, very unforgiving. And, I, yes. I think, I don't, I'm not even sure if I even passed the first screen, but I did play, I, I did try a lot back, back then. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of the games, I love difficult games. You, you could say I'm a masochistic gamer. So, uh, I kind of liked Pugaboo because of that, but I, I'm not even sure if I was able to get to the second screen. I mean, it's that, that difficult. But at least it's it has a better uh, it's, it has, has better controls than Livingstone, I presume. Mm-hmm. At least that. And like you said, PGA, uh, quite an advanced game for its age. I mean, that's the thing about Spanish soft software. They were uh, at least in some regard, they were like pretty advanced. For, for their time. Well, so. f- for their market, I guess, because, uh, a lot of those games, like Spanish games, held on to CGA for a long time. Uh, but okay. also yeah. all of those games, most of those games that we talked about, uh, I mean, let's face it, like, like stuff, you know, a lot of them here on our list are like from 87, 88. That's when in America, at least, and in Europe, you know, games, uh, well, more in America than Europe, but, you know, EGA was already around, and by 87, AdLib was introduced, and Sierra was pushing it, you know, so, and MT32, yeah. so, so those games sort of, but, you know, the market was different there, it looks like most of those games would, a lot of them seem to be targeting very low-range machines, at least the 80s games, not so much 
uh, the, yeah, right. the, the 90s. But like, if you had NXT, you would probably be able to run quite a few of them. Uh, yeah, but you're right about that, that observation. It's true. They they stuck to CGA for, for a long, long time. But let's see. At least you have to admit Narcopolis is a very long game for its age. That is an interesting game. And yeah, it looks fucking incredible for 1990. I mean, it, it looks, it looks better on the, on the other 16-bit computers at the time. Yeah. But it's one of those games that got published outside, uh, and it's actually developed by Iron Bite, the same people who did the, the Freddy Hardest sequel, uh, which is really weird. Actually, oh, actually, you know, I, <laughs> I have a story about that. I didn't know. But Iron Bite, I, I just, they told me last year, they, uh, some guys from Uruguay, uh, I could actually really? beat them. Yes, Freddy Hardest and Narcopolis, they, they are actually Uruguayan games. I mean, they were published in Spain by Dynamic, but, uh, they told me, I need to confirm this. I mean, I, I need to get in touch with these people because Uruguay is like, uh, they are neighbors, right? Yeah. Wow. But, uh, yeah, they told me that Freddy Hardest is an Uruguayan game. Yeah, I don't buy them from Uruguay. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, but Narcopolis does look cool. Uh, it's almost like a proto, like, well, I don't want to say third person shooter, but, but you move through those, through the levels, through the maps, and, um, uh, you, you can go, you know, you can move forward, like inside. It's like proto 3D where it uses those yeah. pieces of, of scenery and it sort of just scales them as you get closer. There's no rotation. Your guy actually rotates on screen to go left and yeah. right, but to move forward, it's, it's a very impressive sort of visual. Before I could see it, there's this early Psygnosis game that does, uh, a similar trick. Uh, sort of like an action RPG thing, but I, that I always forget the title of. It does the same thing. Uh, actually better, but, but I th- think that it's, it's also, uh, a, a slightly newer game, maybe a year, uh, ah, maybe either okay, the okay. same, maybe either the same year or a year after. So I'm not too sure now because I can't. I'll, I'll remember the title eventually. But yeah, Narcopolis looks very impressive and it looks like a, plays really well and also even has like a strategy element to it uh uh, so stuff so it's hard if people cannot picture what am i describing by that sort of zoom in scaling technique just look up the videos it's it's really cool it's not just zooming and scaling because i mean it's also pans the things around when you move from side to side it it gives you like the depth thing yeah 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 so the 3d effect is very well Mm -hmm. done very well done we're talking about the cga in 1989. It has a VGA mode. It does. VGA. That's that's damn damn impressive. Yeah. And And its VGA mode is weirdly. I I think only. I I that don't quote me on that, but it looks like it's only 16 colors at the time. Uh, at least to me. The. Uh, Yes, it's maybe a 16 color palette, but um, it's it's not EGA. Oh no no, it's 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 16 custom colors. Yeah, but I think it's it just it's just picks 16 colors out of the out of the whatever VGA range. Like uh, bitmap Bros games, it seems to use that sort of palette, you know. Almost, yeah. More or less, almost. Not as good. Uh, <laughs> not as good, of course. But again, this is a game. I mean, it's simple. It's a very simplistic game, but it's still kind of fun to play. You know, like a. An interesting achievement. I'll give it that. We hardly talk about Opera Soft. I think Opera did like the weirdest games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sol Negro or Black Sun. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know why I like this game. I think it's the strange environment or mood it has. It's again, it's not. It, it's very damn difficult. I yes, mean, of course. It's another. Games. It's another one of those side-scrolling action games, basically. You have like stuff flying at you of of from both sides of of the screen. It's not even easy to to uh, you know evade those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're like it's it's a question about when you're going to die, rather if you can <laughs> <laughs> right avoid them. Uh, and you know, again, because of the extremely sluggish scrolling, I think mm-hmm. it's it's even worse than Freddy Hardest. Uh, it's uh, it's very very difficult because of that. But um, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah, and especially sure for 1988, I looked up the dust version, and that's when uh-huh. most other games are still in CGA. This game is actually in EGA. Um, yeah, and it has a sort of like really crazy style, like just like fucking crazy. You know, this dude with the big head on the on jetpack. Uh, well, one of the characters, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it has this weird story, uh, which I think is ripped off from Lady Hawk. Um, uh, at least a third of it, because you apparently get to play as three different characters, and they are alternate forms or something. But I, uh, okay. I don't think I would ever make it that far. It, it's one of those where it's brutally difficult, and and it's the same kind of thing where you just move screen scrolls like Freddy Hardest, and then things just spawn on both sides of you. So it's 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 nuts, nuts. And I never understood the story if it had any. I maybe yeah, it's ripped off from Lady Hog. Uh, I do recall, I mean, at some point you see a caged eagle. I don't know if you need to set it free or whatever because I never, I was never able to do anything <laughs> with that eagle. So I don't know. What the fuck? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just uh, moving forward and trying to survive. That's the point of the game. But I kind of liked it. Something funny about these Spanish games, at least I, I didn't see it much in other games. They used the, um, a combination of keys, you know, Q, A, O, P. Yeah. As well, that's in, inspired again by the Spectrum games and the stuff. By like, the Spectrum mm-hmm. games. Right, right. It's right, like a yeah. standard, one of the, one with a few standard things and Q, A, O, P is, is very common. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, but since we're talking about these sites, rolling games that were so, so popular in Spain, I mean, uh, the, the, Tons, tons of them. Um, I think they finally get it right with Risky Woods. Yeah, but okay? that's also like, like very, that's sort of late. Uh, very late. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 1992. And it's a game that's, I'd say, well, I wouldn't say it's well known, but it was well received in the DOS world because... Well, yeah. first of all, well, it's, a, it's a dynamic software game, right? Code developed yeah. by Zeus Software, uh, published by Electronic Arts in in the states, at least, yeah. and maybe in Europe as well, um, or maybe it's like US Gold or something. Um, and yeah, it's a beautiful, like really cool, like Amiga looking, uh, 16-bit like action platformer. It's the same sort of genre of the game again. Uh, where you sort of you just need to survive. It's brutally hard. Like by it's level by level three, you have no chance because you like sort of you need to make those jumps that are like you need to be really perfect. And you're yeah, this guy that just moves to the right or to the left, 
and there are enemies just spawning into you. They're, they're, uh, the graphics are beautiful, very creatively designed. The enemies and backgrounds and stuff. It's the cool music, sound effects. Nice. And yes, the, con- the controls actually the don't fuck with you. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, controls are, are good and you need good controls because you need to make really precise jumps. And, uh, yeah, like level one is doable. Like it's weird how like the first level you're like, oh, okay, I, I get it. Like by the second level, you're like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? Like it, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. gets hard quick, but it's actually really like presentation is top notch. The controls are good. Scrolling is good. I mean, it's a, it's a very nice looking VGA game, but, but yeah. I think it, it's safe to say, you know, that, um, maybe it's, uh, even if it's, Symbolic, but it's we could say that Risky Woods was the end of this golden age of Spanish software. Pretty much, it looks like by '92, like '91, '92 is, and yeah. that's it. So I mean, it's a nice um, send off in a way. It's a, again very unforgiving, yeah. but uh, and it's and, pretty, and with a bang, so to speak. And with a bang, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good game. I mm-hmm. mean, difficult but good game, and definitely very well produced. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. I think those are those were the side scrolling games we needed to to cover, and yeah, possibly the most uh, noteworthy ones. Uh, I'm just I was just going to mention La Espada Sagrada, which is wait, uh, Topo or oh, Topo, Topo, yes, because we barely talked about Topo. Uh, Topo are wait, I'm getting confused now. It's Opera or Topo from Sol Negro? No, Topo. Sol Negro, uh, uh, Opera. I, I Opera. Okay, well. Um, Toposoft, I mean, I always confuse them because they did like sort of the same games. <laughs> very, very similar. They even look the same, right? Um, but anyway, I like this one because it is sort of a side scroller, but more, uh, puzzle based hmm. and definitely not as difficult as, as other ones. Um, I, uh, I had, Fond memories of this game, and I, I actually remembered about it like five minutes before this this podcast. So maybe I need to replay it at, at some point. Maybe my memory is failing me, but I still have like fond memories because it's a it's a again more like room based problems, and you definitely needed to use inventory items. So it's a sort of hybrid. Uh, definitely one I'm going to try to check it out again in a few days. Mm-hmm. See if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, anyway, yeah, La Espada Sagrada or the Sacred Sword from mm. Topo. Um, okay, what else did we have? Mad Mix. I don't know why I mentioned Mad Mix to you. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is also from, from Topo Soft. Mm-hmm. Um, also apparently known as the Pepsi Challenge. So I don't know I, I, I don't know on which platform or which country, but I guess Pepsi, I guess at one point acquired it for whatever branding as a branding game. That's actually is a pretty cool game, uh from it's the looks cool. of it. It's like a it's a it's in CGA but it's 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 clearly Pac-Man. Um mm-hmm. but uh almost almost Pac-Mania style, you know, when it's zoomed in. Uh, and scrolling, so it's a scrolling Pac-Man with a with with the face, uh, almost like 3D. And you got some bonuses that turn you into like different things, like a vacuum. You can like suck up exactly. things and stuff. So it looks like a really sort of polished, uh, like sort of Pac-Man update. So I don't know if you have anything to add. It is. 
No, no, I think I, I wanted to mention the game because I had like fond memories of it and it reminds me from Superplex. I know you're a fan oh, of Superplex. Oh, yes, I am a big fan. But it's, so, th- um, that's a bit different. I mean, Superplex bit, is, is Boulder it's Dash. It's more Boulder Dash. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. This is I know. clearly Pac-Man. The only, you know what, when I was a kid, I, 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 uh, I did actually associate Superplex with, with Pac-Man a lot because Murphy, you know, flaps his because mouth. Murphy, yeah. yeah. But in reality, yeah. But in reality, it's like uh, when I got older, I was like, I don't think there is nothing from, there's nothing from, yeah, yeah. from Pac-Man <laughs> in, in, uh, in Superplex except for the fact that he just like flaps his mouth open and you know, closed. Yeah. We, we could say that, uh, Mad Mix is a sort of uh, sophisticated Pac-Man with a better sense of because, I mean, yeah, it's, but it's also did, did did Pac-Mania exist at that point? Um, maybe no. Pro, I, I don't I'm know. A, I I'm not that good on arcade and console games. I just know that I had it on on my Nintendo, and it probably did. I mean, Pac- uh, Pac- I probably, Pac- probably, no, I probably yeah, 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 probably because it's a uh, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, a bit a bit too late. Yeah, so so like that's it, but it has that sort of a. Uh, uh, if it, I, I mean, w- eighty-seven, seven. So okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it. I mean, for all we know, it could have been. I mean, it's far enough removed from it where it could have not been inspired by it. You know, like it, it's pro, it's, it's obviously inspired by Pac-Man, but maybe they didn't see Pac-Mania, but sort of had the very similar ideas. Uh, yeah. who knows? Because it's not quite that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> exactly. it doesn't copy a lot of that, but it's uh, clearly, it's sort of its own upgrade on, on the original Pac-Man formula. Okay. And, uh, checking the list. We have, we have two, two more games. We have two. Two, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. We, we barely discussed adventure games. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, Pendulo is well known. We, I, I think we all know about Igor, um, uh, Hollywood monsters, runaway. So I, I don't think it's really, you know, that there's not much sense in discussing that. I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, I mean, I, I, I love Igor. Uh, That's a good game. My, it's a good game. I, I think it's a very short game and it should have been longer because the concept is really nice. Like an adventure game based on a university. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, I think it's the only adventure game that did that. Also um, the only adventure game that, 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 had the most inconceivable word right in the title. That was ballsy ah, to to name yeah. to, to name the English. I don't know what the original version is called, but the I mean, but the English <laughs> version is called. It's yeah. called objective with we we coca I don't know. We coca Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, who would I do became, that? Uh, I, I became good friends with some of the, the Pendulo guys, uh, Rafael Altiegui and Josué Monchuan. So um and if you remember, just adventure. I I wrote the first. English review of Runaway when it was released, and I think I also wrote the one of the first, uh, or, or or at least you know in Just Adventure, one of the official reviews of of Igor, and I think it holds up very well except for an awful maze uh, near the end of the game. Again, what? Why? Why you you they insist with bases? I don't know, but uh. bases are a thing in adventure games. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. we should make the new adventure game rule book that says 
No mazes and no slide. No, no, no slide. No. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Well, I think we left that one behind finally. But yeah. we still struggle with mazes and we still really fucking struggle with sliding tile puzzles. Oh, yes, like, unless you're allowed, which there's been two games that, that now allow you to actually hit a sliding tile puzzle instead of solving <laughs> it. So maybe we're moving towards, but please, people, adventure game developers, no more mazes and no more sliding tile puzzles. Unless you're going to sub- subvert it in some kind of a clever way, don't fucking do it. You're better than this. Talking about adventure, adventures, uh, I, we have Los Templos Sagrados, Sagrados. or the Sacred Temples. Uh, That's again, a bit of an it- interesting thing. That's a bit of a sort of a late kind of thing where for 1992, it's an interactive fiction game with the EGA uh, graphical screen, kind of like... Um, um, not like EGA graphical things, but just a just a graphical depiction. I, I, recently, what's the game that I been, I played a little bit that, that was like that uh, Scape Ghost? Ah, uh, uh, okay, yeah. Sort sort of yeah. sort of that sort of style. And from what I understand, the parser was very sophisticated yeah. as well. But that's as far as I know. It's in Spanish, and that game is completely I inaccessible the, to I me. I don't I don't think the pers- the parser was that sophisticated. Yeah, that's what that's what that, that's what the review said. So that's all I'm going off because I cannot play that game for. Well, I mean, the the thing I mentioned in this one because it's the first Spanish adventure that I that I played. Uh, I learned a lot about Spanish words. For example, at, uh, chalupa. I, we we don't use that word in Argentina in Castellano, mm-hmm. but uh, chalupa is a sort of banana boat. So I always say, okay, I learn I learn what what chalupa means thanks to. Los Templos Sagrados. Oh. And this is actually the second one in a series. Uh, the first one is called uh, La Diosa de Cozumel or The Goddess of Cozumel, which was also fairly okay. And the third one in the series, it's called Chichen Itza, which is, it's, it's actually the worst one. It's a very, even in that game, Chichen Itza, the, the screen was even smaller, like it was, uh, a quarter of the screen, maybe, so you couldn't make out the graphics. I mean, at least Los Templos, even if it's a bit, you know, uh, it's, it's not a very good game, but it has an, it has interesting graphical style. Um, I can't say much about the game because I can't even remember the, the story. You, you are, uh, you're in this boat, uh, lost at sea, and you must make your way towards an island, and there's a temple, some really obscure puzzles, and that's it, you know? The thing about this company, Aventuras Ade, it's, it's a very, it's a late company. This is why yeah, you mentioned the, the year. They, they began, um, uh, their first adventure, I think it's uh, La Aventura Original, the original adventure, which it, it's actually a conversion of Adventure, the uh, colossal, classic. Colossal uh, Cave? Colossal, colossal Cave, uh, thanks. Colossal Cave, it's actually a Spanish uh, graphic conversion of oh, Colossal Cave. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I'm not even sure. I didn't play it fully, so I don't know if it's the full game, but it probably is. Um, Check out some screens because hmm. it looks really good. It looks really good, especially you know the Amiga version, which is always the, the better one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that was the first game they did, and I think the better one. It, they are mostly 
fondly remembered because of that game. Yeah. They also did Habato, which is also I don't know much about that, but they say I, Micromania said it was a very good game, so I kind of believe them. And <laughs> um, they did another one which I I played a lot, but I don't remember much, called La Aventura Espacial, which is a sort of space version of Aventura Original. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, they did short game, uh, very uh, few games. Uh, they sort of maybe six, six, six games. But uh, they're b- very fondly remembered by the Spanish uh, community. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we we had to mention them. They're not worthy for being, uh, along with Pendulo, the the company, the only company that did adventure games, mm-hmm. okay, from Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the last one we had is oh, <laughs> yeah, save the best for last. I see. The best, yeah, yeah. I mean. This one is noteworthy because <laughs> it's the the I think only Spanish game with sexual content. Yeah, uh, it's sort of it's a sort of trivia pursuit, like an adaptation of a board game. Yeah, you need to answer questions, blah blah blah. But if you fail, and the game was very humorous in this regard, when you fail the question, uh, the idea is that you play the game with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, hopefully, ideally, a mixture of uh, boys and girls. Uh-huh. So uh, you need to do, you know, like true um, or challenge. So you do the oh, you like do the, truth, do the, truth or dare. There, there. Sorry, okay, there. Yes. So you do, when you fail, you must do the there, which is involved like kissing the girl. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the thing about the game is that the graphics were quite erotic. Yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, it's weird. It has this, this sort of over the top, uh, almost sort of caricature style for everything. Yeah. Anybody just 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 look it up. Uh, yeah, and exactly. and but it is it it's moving sort of in the territory that sort of I guess I would think traditionally would only not be seen till like a few years later in those German porny games. Sort of like, yeah. like that same thing, but I, I actually was surprised to find out that that sort of predates them. Uh, yeah. yeah, the artist, I mean, it's pretty explicit for, for cartoon you think that it is. It is fairly, fairly, fairly explicit for the age, especially. And again, uh, right now there's not much to say about this game, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but in ni- 1990. No, no, 1992. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. but still, from Opera, and uh, it was a kind of it was a very very popular game back then because of all this. But I mean, especially Al- Alfonso Aspiri, if I'm not mistaken, he's a comic book artist. Uh-huh. It's safe to say the most, uh, possibly the the most uh, popular artist from from Spain. Uh, he's mostly known for uh, Lorna, which is uh, a yeah, comic which game. also has a game, yeah. I, has a game. that I played re- recently. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those the same thing. You move, you move forward, and there are uh, yeah, yeah. Th- there there's enemies just spawn on both sides of you, and the, the side scroller. Yeah, the gimmick is that you actually have a melee uh, attack at the close range. You can just headbutt. You can either shoot the gun or you can just hit somebody with the, with the butt of the gun and of course the other gimmick is just the, the protagonist just has her ass out all the time so exactly yeah. that's about it really <laughs> and I think he was also involved with the heavy metal you know uh, yes okay with the, with the magazine yeah 
Bullet Magazine. And especially he was also involved in a series of, book of books called uh, Multi Aventura, and I always uh, bring them up because they're like the, the Spanish response to Choose Your Own Adventure mm-hmm. books. And these ones were really, really, really good. I mean, some really good stories, uh, very, very well, well designed. And of course, the, he didn't illustrate all these books, but the ones he illustrated were like the standout titles. So, uh, Aspiris Art is, uh, is really, really, uh, unique. He has a very u- unique style. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but you can, Always, the, you can feel the motion in his works. You know, like mm. he, you see the, the the characters moving. It's it's very very well done. He he's an extremely extremely talented artist, and um, he did work in several Spanish games also. Um, we didn't mention them, but we have. Well, yeah, Lorna, Metropolis, Army Moves. I think Army Moves is from Dynamic. Dynamic, yeah. So uh, he's very prolific. Like he, he he's been around a lot, and uh, he did a lot of covers of Spanish games as well. Hmm. So um, I mean, we 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 had to mention Aspidi in this uh, brief talk about Spanish games. Yeah, well, I mean, we went through our list. This is, I mean, seeing how we have to also stress that those are the games that you played, right? And you remember fondly. But within just a very short period of time, Spanish game industry put out a lot of games. A lot, <laughs> a lot. And suddenly, I and I, I can't put my finger on what, what happened. But suddenly, after Risky Woods, it all came to an end. I mean, I honestly can't remember. You know, of course, we have Pendulo... But they sort of like stopped producing games. I think it was the advent of 3D, you know, and because they, they sort of maybe felt that they couldn't compete with that and they just stopped making games. Maybe. I don't know who knows, but it, it just happened. Yeah. yeah. And also, uh, those games, I mean, except for like the handful that we sort of recommended to you, or if, if not just one or two, uh, you know, yeah. those games are kind of, again, I stress worth checking out because they're inspired by very different things from the Western gaming. They're inspired by sort of European, um, uh, gaming culture, uh, and, and genres. And on Dust, those games are kind of rare. I think the only ones that are sort of big releases on Dust that everybody remembers that adhere to those similar rules are the Bitmap Brothers games. Uh, True. like yeah, yeah. they're, they're yeah. also very much like the same hardcore sort of, you have the platformers that spawn things on both of your side and you, yeah, and mem- they had a very mem- memorization mechanics and, and, and they all have very distinct yeah. looks, but they all both and come consistent style. Yeah. Yes. And they come. So those gun games come from that sort of culture. And on DAS, those genres, they never developed. I mean, because by the time DAS gaming became prevalent, they, those were things that were falling by the wayside already. But, you know, in a country like, uh, I guess, Spain, where, you know, technology maybe have been a little bit behind and and uh, other 8-bit computers were prevalent, that they did what they knew. And, I mean, they did it well, and certainly in large quantities. So, you know, I think it's it's an interesting part of history. That's now, again... I always say dust, dust history is disappearing. This kind of dust history is, is nearly gone because, uh, you know, nobody cares. I mean, this is literally like a period of like four or five years, right? More four than five. 
uh, that sort of a big output happened in a very sort of small part of the world, right? That that is only uh, I will say that a lot of those games are accessible because you don't need to know Spanish to play them, but some some of them you do need to know Spanish, and so they never spread. Um, you know, outside, I I have I had no idea about most of them, and uh, so this is the kind of history that disappeared that we need to talk about, that we need to preserve, and it's and it's cool to, absolutely to have an opportunity since, to talk about it. Since we're talking about that, I mean preservation. You know, I'm, I'm oh yes, it's a big deal for me, and I'm totally behind abandonware, and I I mean it we it 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 needs to be done. I mean it's it's our respons- responsibility to ensure this absolutely. game these games. Uh, live on. So, uh, the, just a quick shout out to, uh, Computer Emuson. Uh, it's an advanced, uh, Spanish abandonware site who has been around for ages. And I mean, uh, since around Home of the Underdogs and it's still running. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Computer Emuson, it's uh, definitely, uh, a big shout out to them for, for ensuring these games are preserved and discussed to these days. I think they have a Spanish uh, an English version. I'm not hmm. quite sure. Not quite sure. But anyway, yeah. Well, that's it. thank you thank you for being here, sir. Uh No, thank you for for having me. <laughs> Always, anytime. Yeah. You might actually maybe even maybe one day you'll come back and we'll talk about horror games. Although I know you've talked about at least you'll be at least both of us will be prepared. <laughs> we should, we should. At least it, it, it only took us three years, so maybe in another three years we can <laughs> yeah. talk about horror games. Yeah, when right? I have when I have a long uh, gray beard. Um, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, if people aren't familiar with you uh, and and you work, where can they find you and contact you on on the internet and find and uh, maybe read or look or play some of your work. Twitter, uh, Facebook, I don't know, I'm, I'm always around uh, someplace. Uh, I mean, uh, our, our, our website, which is, <laughs> we, we need to update it, but uh, anyway, <laughs> it's our, 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 our main spot, it's uh, sandscape.net, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope to be talking more about Asylum in the coming days, because we, we made much, much progress, and the game's looking great, and, uh, you know, I hope People will will enjoy it just as much as uh, scratches, which I'm um, I, I'm really happy with with how that game turned turn out and how you know how how many people uh, I, I managed to to, to know uh, thanks to that that game. I, I know it's a beloved adventure, and we are always doing you know at Sensecape ensuring we we do something like that, something mm-hmm. that uh, again li- lives on because after. All you know that that's what matters. Like right. doing stuff that, in the of end, course. people remember f- fondly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's great. And uh, you can find me, dear listeners, at Das Nostalgic on Twitter or anywhere else. And please, if you have a topic that you think you can talk about for an hour or two, just find me on Twitter, and and you can you can be here talking about uh, you know stuff that m- maybe needs to be talked about. Uh, yep. well, thanks, uh, Agustin for being here and thank you to everyone who listened and hopefully we'll, we'll see each other again on another episode of Das Nostalgia Podcast. Goodbye. So long. Bye. <laughs>